I took a trip down memory lane. Life was on course, now it's a crashing plane. Someone please, please help Thank me. you for tuning in. This is Matt Santos to the Mile High Show. You are listening to episode number 181. I am recording this intro sitting in the, uh, in the window table at the Raven Cafe on Cortez Street in Prescott. Uh, check them out. Thank you to the good folks at the Raven for letting me take up space here. Check them out at ravencafe.com. Again, they are at, uh, on, on Cortez Street right off of the Courthouse Square. It's a great venue for local music. It is a great spot to hang out and have lunch, which I just did. Uh, I had the turkey panini. It was extremely good with some fries. They have a huge selection of beer and wine, and they are also the one of the largest supporters of local artists in our area, both musical and visual artists. Their walls are filled with, uh, with local artwork. I'm sitting underneath two naked people right now, actually. A very large portrait of two naked people on the wall over my shoulder. Kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. Because I, I, out of the corner of my eye, I, it looks like I'm about to be attacked by a large naked woman. But the artwork is extraordinary. The uh, music that they, that they present here is some of the best in the Southwest. So check out ravencafe.com and stop by and see them on Cortez Street in Prescott, Arizona. Now... Okay, we got that one commercial out of the way. One more commercial, and then we'll get to it. Use that Amazon link at milehighshow.com for all your online shopping. It's a way to support us, support the show, and support the artists that we highlight like the ones we will be talking with today. I'm not sure if I'm going to run this as a single episode, or I might split it up because it is fairly long. Well, You'll have to wait and see. You'll be as surprised as I am. Uh, I sat down with four separate performers, a couple of solo acts and two, uh, two musical groups uh, for an upcoming benefit show put on by local photographer, local musician, Mr. Dave Cuddle, and his organization, Music United. Now, to get a pen out, get a pen and paper out, August 4th at the Boys and Girls Club of Central Arizona, 335 East Aubrey Street. You can search in your Facebook feed under Concert Against Teen Bullying and Suicide. That is the show happening on August 4th, featuring some of, uh, among others, the guests that I have on today's show. Uh, Dave has put this together to raise awareness and raise a few bucks for. Uh, a very serious problem that is taking place across the country, but uh, it has hit home to the Prescott area and, uh, and the Phoenix area uh, with folks that Dave and his family know who have died from suicide recently. So he wanted to shine a little light on it and, uh, and also shine a light on some of the area musicians that he knows and works with. So having said that, uh, go out and enjoy the show while it brings, uh, it'll be an enjoyable show, but again, shining a light on a very, very serious subject uh, that is close to Dave's heart. Again, just search it in the uh, search feed of your YouTube, uh, excuse me, of your Facebook page under Music United or Concert Against Teen Bullying and Suicide, August 4th. From 11 a.m. till well, they stop. It's going to run all day pretty much to about 10 p.m. Now, who I am speaking with on this episode is Elizabeth Ty, a singer-songwriter out of Phoenix. She will be performing a song or two and also the group Insomniacs. You can find out uh, information on Elizabeth at elizabethty.com and her name is spelled T-I-G-H-E. And for the Insomniacs, under Facebook, Insomniacs Official Band. Um, that's going to be the first half. I might break it up. Like I said, the other group was Iron Kill, a heavy heavy metal band out of the Phoenix Valley. And another singer-songwriter, Sierra Cisneros. Um, so I might break that up. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I'm going to do this yet. So stick around and follow on MileHighShow.com to see exactly how that happens. And... Um, 
and uh, you'll be as surprised as I am. So, But make note to show up August 4th for the concert against teen bullying and suicide at the Boys and Girls Club in Prescott, Arizona. So sit back and enjoy my rather lengthy conversation. One thing I forgot, this episode was recorded at Metro Recording. Thank you to Billy and Daniel, the owners of Metro Recording. You can find them on Facebook under Metro Recording and on Instagram at Metro Recording. They're uh, located on 28th Drive near the Metro Center in Phoenix, 10640 North 28th Drive, Suite B106, Metro Recording. Thank you, gentlemen, for letting us take up space and sit down with these great young artists. Introduce yourself. Tell me who you are. Um, hi, my name is Elizabeth Tai, and I'm a singer, songwriter, musician um, from here in Arizona. Give me your anywhere where people can find you, social media, Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, you can, whatever. You can plug my name into Google and, and my website and Facebook and, and such will come up, but you can also do it directly. You can look me up on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, on YouTube. Like I said, I have a website, iTunes, Spotify. I'm kind of Sp- everywhere. Sp- spell your last name for me. T-I-G-H-E. Nice, it's Irish. Nice. It's a little weird. I met a young lady last week. Same last name. Really? From Phoenix. She's a stand-up comic. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'll get Dave the info because it's, it's not a very common No, it's name. actually, it's a family name. So unless, unless somebody stole it, which I don't think anybody <laughs> has, um, it most likely means I'm related probably very distantly, but to and whoever oddly has enough, that name. Also a performer here in Phoenix. Yeah. And I, sp- I, I pronounced her name incorrectly. <laughs> and she corrected me on that, and it was Ty. That's Ty, why, that's why it, huh. it clicked. Okay. Uh, she was uh, she's a performer here in in Phoenix. She's a stand up comic. That's so interesting on the scene. So w- first off, if anything that we say, if you don't want to comment on it, or if it's something you don't want out there, feel free just to tell me to shut up, and okay. we're good to go. How old are you? Um, I'm 17. How long have you been playing? Because you are very accomplished. That that song. What what was it that you played us? Um, it was it was now? an original. It was called uh, Gold Rush. Beautiful voice. Thank beautiful you. guitar playing. Thank you. And uh, I am a, I am a. I have no musical ability whatsoever. <laughs> I am jealous of people that can play. Because those of you that can and that are accomplished at what you do in your art form make it look so, so easy. Like there's no effort. Now, I, I know for a fact <laughs> many, many hundreds and hundreds of hours go into perfecting your art form. But when you play and when I, when I, I sit down and record with musicians quite a bit for the, for the podcast and when you guys make it look so effortlessly, I, it, it, it makes me ill and I don't like it and I get angry <laughs> because I can't play for anything. I've tried. I've told this story a few times on the podcast. As a second grader, long before probably your mom was born, uh, when, when I was a kid, I wanted to play for some reason. I wanted to play saxophone. Ah, that was that was that was an instrument when I was around that age. I wanted to play saxophone. Why? Why? What was? The, um, really, and then I'll tell you really, why I wanted. To. Really, mainly it was because I wanted to play the Pink Panther theme song. <laughs> Is that the? Henry <laughs> Yeah, really. That was that was that was the main reason. I mean, I thought it sounded cool in general, and I had done some music before then, so I I liked music in general. But that was that was kind of the main reason for that instrument was that I wanted to play the Pink panther theme on the saxophone the first the first time in in our public school in the san francisco bay area that we were allowed to to uh uh try band was second grade and i begged my parents to let me sign up because they would give you an instrument for free you know that was part of the class no can't do it can't do it can't do it. so i begged and begged and begged by the time i finally wore them down and they said go yes you can sign up i went in no saxophones left Okay, maybe guitar. Nope, no guitars left. Piano, but there was only one piano in the back. No, already taken. Uh, trumpet, I think. I went through the whole list, and then the only, they had like three instruments left. They were all violins. And I was I, thinking triangle. No, I, I probably would, and well, you'll know why, because I probably wouldn't be able to do that. I said, I, well, thanks, but no thanks. I go home. My mom is, where's your saxophone? I said, they were all out. 
well, where's your instrument? You're playing something. I said, no, they, they're all out of instruments. So she called the school and found out that violin was left. So I went back to school, walked up the block, got my violin, and practiced every day for about three weeks until our first, our first recital as, what, eight, seven-year-olds? And I didn't want to do it because I was horrible. And my dad hadn't heard me practice. And we, the recital was on Monday, so Saturday afternoon he made me sit down and listen to me practice. He listened to me for, and I was begging, please don't make me, please don't make me. You begged us to play, you're going to play at that recital. <laughs> so he listened to me play for five minutes, and I was so bad, he said, okay, you don't have to play. <laughs> and that was my musical oh. journey of three oh, weeks that's, of, oh, of that's, violin. That's terrible, but you only you only played for three weeks. No, and violin, it, violin, that's the hardest instrument just about you could possibly pick. It's going to take longer than that to sound like a virtuosic player. In the many, many years since then, people have heard me sing and have said, we are glad you never pursued that violin because you have no musical ability whatsoever. Elizabeth, how long have you been performing live? Um, I've been playing... Mm, I mean, performing live in some context, like since i was three but but doing doing it like this we'll yeah. say um 10 or so 10 or 11 yeah since you were 10 or 10 10 or 11 years no since i was since 10 so or about 11. seven years or so yeah what why guitar what did, how did that how did how did you gravitate to the guitar um it wasn't it was not my first instrument. <laughs> um, what, what was first um well piano piano and voice were kind of first um but i had i had a slightly different but kind of somewhat similar childhood experience with piano where I started taking piano lessons when I was five and the um the music teacher told my parents that I was I was so bored in it that I needed to maybe do something else because I just I couldn't I couldn't sit I couldn't practice I couldn't do it at age five um was that with everything or just the piano um, I guess we should probably ask mom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mom's hiding in the corner over there. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, when you're five, you're not particularly patient in any yeah. extent. I think, but piano, it's just the little kitty songs they had you play. I just was like, I don't, like, I want to, like, honestly, if if there had been a way of like, you can play Beethoven at some point, if somebody had really like pushed me in that yeah. direction, I think it would have been better. But I just was so bored. Were with you that picking it up? Was that why you were bored? Were you were you already? Yeah, I mean, it, I I, I found it. it I found it really easy. The stuff that they gave and it's just i just couldn't sit still and and practice like they wanted me to and i've never really been good at that to be honest but so piano piano and voice were kind of my first thing and i did i did voice in choir for some years as well and then i did saxophone actually in in middle school band that was my first band instrument um and then i did guitar so that was like kind of fourth musical endeavor but i i got to a point where i decided um you know, I want to do this as my career. I want to do this as my job. Um, however, that is necessary. Yeah. And I love writing and I love, you know, so I probably need to play guitar because that's kind of the instrument that everybody plays. And that's one of the few yeah. instruments you can play and sing at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so I I decided, OK, I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to learn guitar. And I was, I was, I really liked Taylor Swift at the same, at that time as well. So I was kind of like, okay, she played guitar. So I'm going to, I'm going to play guitar. Like we're going to, we're going to try to do that. Do you come from a musical family, a musical background or are you the, uh, are you the oddball? Well, no, my mom, my mom, my mom sings and, and, and plays, plays some piano. Um, but not, I don't have any family members that have done it like, like I've done it. To pursue really. it as a, yeah. as a serious art form. Yeah. Other than than hobbyists, kind of playing for their own enjoyment and things. Yeah, I've never I've never had somebody who's done it who's done it professionally yeah. in my family. So Taylor Swift, that's your main influence. That and Henry Mancini. That's kind of a broad. Well, yeah, ta- that's kind of a broad well, mix. <laughs> well, um, Taylor Taylor Swift was my influence definitely when I was when I was much much younger, and then I kind of. That wet the branched. appetite kind of got well, excited. Well, about yeah, music and it was kind age. of you know, and she she tells a similar story about Leanne Rhymes, but um, where <laughs> where that was like, but uh, you know, I saw her and her and her and Michael Jackson. Interestingly, were I saw these people and they're like, okay, they did this when they were really young, yeah. when they were either kids or they were you know, and so it's like okay, so it's possible for me to start doing it at a young age, and it sort of 
it, it showed that to me. It, it displayed it in a way that was, you know, this is possible. Nice. Now, the songwriting, what, uh, what do you draw from? What's your, what story are you trying to tell? Um, a lot of different ones. Yeah. Um, it's very, songwriting for me is very organic. I don't really have a, a prescribed way of, of writing. It's sort of just, I get this feeling yeah. like, okay, I think I, I can write something. I think there's something in me that kind of needs to come out in this way. Um, and so it's, sometimes I don't really know what the song is about until I finished it, which is kind of interesting. Um, and especially as I've continued to write because I've found that my songs have become kind of more abstract and metaphorical in the lyrics. And so I sort of get to the end or I might have a kernel of an idea, but I get to the end and I'm like, okay, I really see the whole picture now that I finished this thing. Nice. Now do you... I, I'm fascinated by that. I'm, I, I, I like to fancy myself as a storyteller. I'm a photographer by trade. That's my, that's my, uh, that's what I've done since I was younger than you. My first, my first photo jobs. I was barely in high school, working for a local newspaper, and I, I try and tell stories through my photos. And then in the last fifteen or so years. Have gravitated to the to the written form as a reporter and and I've written some some fiction and things, but again, like I said, I'm fascinated by musicians. I'm fascinated by by uh, songwriters, and one of the things this is me and Dave share the share share some of the same uh, time frames. We're about I think we're about the same age. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and long before. MTV before music videos I would play records strap on the headphones as a kid and listen to listen to songs and I would you know before like I said before music videos you I would kind of formulate the story of what this song means and and the story it's telling and then I'd hear what the songwriter you know like on on you know what was the Don Kirshner's rock concert you remember the old days or I'd see him on a talk show and they would tell what it was and it was couldn't no that's not what it is I have what your song means in my head but that's kind of the beauty of of music and songs they'll mean something to me they'll mean something completely different to dave and then they mean something completely different to the songwriter well yeah no i i completely agree and and that's why i've always really enjoyed um people who write songs in an abstract way or that's very who, metaphorical or who are some of those that um, you enjoy well, Pink Pink Floyd, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, "Fearless" by Pink Floyd. I, that's probably one of my favorite songs ever. Which is not a, not a particularly I don't want to say popular, but it's not it's played not, as yeah. But I just think not that's, one of the hits. That's my that's my favorite of their yeah. songs, and I just think it's so like poignant and kind of beautiful in the way they wrote it. Um, Counting Crows, I actually really like um, kind of the abstract nature of yeah. the way that they write their lyrics. Um, because it's it's very metaphorical, and so you can kind of, and I I like that because um, I see things in my head, yeah, and um, and I do I have I do the same thing when I'm writing that I see things as I'm as I'm writing the music. It's very visual. I can see colors and images and all sorts of things like that associated with what I'm I'm writing. And every every song that I've written in my head has a color. That is <laughs> fascinating. Do you know Do you know the artist Chuck Hall by any chance? <sighs> Blues guitarist in the in the. Do you know Chuck? Yeah. He well, we can't hear you because you're sitting on your microphone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For a musician, you really are not that savvy when it comes to <laughs> microphone. Chuck Hall is in the Arizona Music Hall of Fame. Yep. And associated with the Phoenix Blues Society, he is incredible, an incredible guitarist, and uh, he has kind of relocated up to the Prescott area and he plays a lot up there but he's also in in and around Phoenix mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um I sat in on an interview with uh, a musician up there Sky Conwell who was kind of doing some of these interviews for me good for a while. Yeah, good guy. And his one as a kid, his blues idol was Chuck Hall. And so he got a chance to interview Chuck and he mentioned that exact same thing. He says his music when he's right it's all color related and he it, it it's just fascinating that that i i had never really thought of that until i heard chuck say it well it's actually it's actually a there's a name for it it's um not really a, a 
condition because that's not the right <laughs> that's not the right word for it but sure. but it's um and I actually interestingly enough studied this a little bit in middle school but um it's really common with people who are artistic where they blend their senses and so gotcha. for for me sound and and visual and colors are blended together and a lot of musicians have that um where they they see both and you can do it with different different senses um but but yeah it's actually a do do so. your does your songwriting does your playing gravitate to a certain color palette or um, do you mix it up well it, it depends on it depends on the chords and it depends on um the feeling and the the topic of the song um it doesn't matter it's all right dave make as much noise as you want <laughs> um, <laughs> i'll just sit on my microphone <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it, it depends on, on what I'm, I'm writing about. Like I have, I have one song that's very kind of, it's, it's kind of dreamy. And if you've ever heard like Debussy stuff, it's kind of has those, there's a little bit of dissonance in, in, huh. the, in the chord patterns, not, not quite to that extent, but in a similar kind of way, in my mind, at least where it's almost impressionistic the way that it, it sounds. Nice. And so for that, it's very like calming colors, like purples and blues in this very, but then I have, I have other songs where it's like you know an orange or bright red or something like that and it just depends on it depends on how it sounds and what it's gotcha. about and that's gotcha. it has a different color very interesting so where do oh, go ahead dave i believe you have a song on your second cd that is something about red um yeah it's called buried in red so it actually has the 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 color in the title which i don't have i don't think i have any others is with that the color, the color in the of that song that yeah that actually realize? yeah that actually is I figured it it's, it's the color of the song yeah so where where can folks your website again give it please um so it's just elizabethty.com so t-i-g-h-e and then elizabeth just traditional and spelling what do you have in the way of releases you said you're, you're spotify itunes and stuff but what, physical cds you mentioned yeah i have i have um the first cd i released i didn't do it um on digital platforms i have a single that's from quite a few years ago now that was on that album that's that's out on itunes that you can get um, but i have a cd that is available for sale on my website um, and you can get uh, downloads of that too but then i have my my newer cd which is just an ep um which i released about a year ago a little longer um that one you can get on spotify and itunes nice. and, and google play and amazon and, and iHeartRadio. i've stuff. seen some of the photos on that on that <laughs> <laughs> and your uh, the hub for social media your downloads links and everything at your website um yeah it's on my website and again you can just plug my name into any social media or google me and like twitter and facebook i think at least come up and if you keep scrolling you can get to instagram nice. and youtube and that and that kind of stuff All right. we'll put so. links in the in the show notes as well okay, uh, one of the reasons why we we came down today and to, to meet you of course and to and to hear you play but it's an association with the show dave's putting on up in prescott uh, Dave, tell us a little bit, and it'll be recapped in our outro and our intro, and it'll come up as we're meeting with the artists here. But give us a little, since this is the first segment, Dave, you give us a little background of what the show is, when it is, how folks can find out about okay, it. Okay, first of all, I'm David Cottle with Music United, and I am a photographer as well, like Matt. Um, a little bit different, but older. Thing that I do. I, I, I was very older. kind when I said we were the same age, but I think you've. I mean, I, I've I, seen you on the History Channel. I just look at brother. <laughs> I've earned my grade. The, yeah. The, but I still have it. The 20s were not good to you. And by that, I mean the 1920s. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I was there. I saw Jesus. How, yeah. how old are you, Dave? Let me, I'm, I'm joking. I'm 55. How old are you? Yeah, I'm 52. You See? got you got a, a, a year or two on me. Um, Go ahead. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so about a year ago, I had You do get the discount at Golden Corral. Go ahead. Never mind. Is, are they 55? <laughs> Picture shows 60, so i got to lie. No, um, let's see. What were we talking about? The show. When's it coming up? August it is 4th? August 4th, and it is a um, fundraiser to help raise awareness for teen suicide and teen bullying. Both are very much issues that teens face probably now more than ever because you don't get a break from bullying because you have social media and you're like live and active every time. And, you know, when you and I were in school, we deal with the bully on the playground. And yeah, we had to bully the old fashioned way. Yeah. Well, yeah, you were the bully. I was hiding from <laughs> no. you. And, um, <laughs> and so we, um, um, I just had this thing. I, I've met all these great young people. Um, 
and people like Sky. I knew Sky from yeah. well before my accident. But um, and I had this kind of vision of something I want to do um, for Prescott area youth, but I didn't know what. And then um, our our, them. our our Dara Shinnok, um died by suicide in March, and she had been. Um, a little bit older than my Prescott daughter. Prescott student? Yes. Prescott High School? Uh, no. She um, went to Skyview and then North okay. Point. North Point. And, okay. Um, I had met her mom a few times. And um, anyway, it just became this is what we want to do. We want to um, raise some awareness that this is a problem. And um, these days it seems like everyone has mental health issues. I know I do. and um, But as a that becomes very hard to deal with although i'm yeah. now in the second highest suicide bracket <laughs> um and um so anyway it came about and and all these people you're going to hear from today and everyone at the show is um they're like dave we're in you know whatever your cause is you're doing it we're in how did you get involved with this um, and why? Basically, basically, kind of what he said. Um, he had been talking about doing um, a fundraiser in general for for a while, and I was just like, "Yeah, whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever you can come up with to to do, I'd love to be a part of it." Now, so, are you, are you still in school now? Um, I actually just graduated high school. From where? Arcadia. Arcadia. What were they? What are the Arcadia what? Trojans? Trojans, yeah. She's not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to a couple different high schools. So gotcha. she, yeah. um, she's played Prescott a few times. She's played the Charlotte Hall, um, nice. yeah, folk the, the folk festival, which is one of my favorites. I Do love you have some regular there. spots people can catch you live here in the Phoenix area? Um, or just hit the website and and follow y- along. Yeah, um, probably to look at the website. Um, is better because there are some things that are kind of impromptu that I'll come gotcha. up with sometimes and some things that um, can be more regular, but it just yeah. sort of depends. So I have all my shows on my website and I'm on Very Bands nice. in Town. So if anybody out there has a Bands in Town account, you can look me up on there. Okay. Well, how about we want to get to the other folks out there. Um, what are you going to play for us? And we'll, we'll, prob- we'll, we'll close out this segment with, with, your, uh, with, with what you're going to play. Tell us what you're going to play. Uh, this is an original song. Um, it's one of my newer ones, so it's not on a release yet, but might be at some point coming up here. We'll see. Um, yes. What's your title? It's called Gold Rush. There's a gold rush coming in, you know it ain't the wild honey, it's the money that you fear. I got something up my sleeve, built to last and born to bleed, they say one drop is all you need. And who the hell are they to judge, they only buy the gilded ones, at least I don't need gold plated love. Cause the good lord left you five before you left the church and I got money but I just don't know what the hell it's worth well they cried in the kitchen to that sweet old sound of a dreamlike vision as it hits the ground it's the ground she moves like a hurricane Built by the summer rains, propelled by the cruel winds blowing. They say to stand in silent praise, but I don't buy the grand charade of mocking what's a poor man's game. Cause the good Lord left you far before you left the church, and I got money, but I just don't know what the hell it's worth. Well, they're crying in the kitchen to that sweet old sound of a dreamlike vision. Before you left the church and I got money But I just don't know what the hell it's worth Well, they cried in the kitchen To that sweet old sound 
of a dream like vision is it is it Thank, Thank you. Thank you again. One more time, your website. ElizabethTie.com, T-I-G-H-E. Thank you very much. Thank Look you. forward to seeing you up in Prescott. Who you are, we want to make sure folks know how to find out information on the band. So whatever social media, website, Instagram, Spotify, Bandcamp, whatever you got, let's get that off right off the bat. Don't whisper. Sorry. It's a, but you got to talk into the microphone. Are we already on right now? We're recording. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We've been recording since you said cheese is good or bad or whatever. It's the, in, it, oh, I don't know if Dave told you the name of the podcast is Cheese USA. It's cheese USA. All Curds All the Time. Oh, well. oh my gosh. It's a, guys, my dream. You guys must be related. <laughs> <laughs> Levi, where, yes. what's the name of the band? Where can folks find out about you? Where can they find out where you're playing and, and uh, where they can hear your music? So we are the Insomniacs, and you can't find us anywhere. We hate social media. No, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. So we have an Instagram account. We do hate social media, but we also need it. So... <laughs> We have an Instagram account. Um, be type in Insomniacs. If that doesn't work, we're Insomniacs official band. Okay. Um, same with our Facebook, Insomniacs official band. We have a website, um, www.insomniacs something. You'll be able to find it. <laughs> it's like Wix site. Yeah, it's something. like a Wix site slash uh, Insomniacs. Um, it's you'll find it or you won't. I'll I'll, I'll track it down yeah. and put a link in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. We have a card with all the stuff on. Our it. Instagram's and then, actually Insomniacs underscore band. Oh, Insomniacs underscore band for our Insta- Leah. Thanks for your technical. Let uh, tell you what. Tell you what. Kidding. Let's start with the brains of the outfit. Leah, yeah. let's no, go. I'm, we'll go this direction. <laughs> in, in, introduce yourself. Who are you? We I'm already s- know you hate cheese. I don't hate cheese, <laughs> but my name is Wisconsin Leah. Wisconsin will not listen to that. We'll get zero <laughs> downloads in Wisconsin. My name's Leah, and I'm the bass player. Just Leah? Is that like Cher, Madonna? Yep. You're just Leah? Just Leah. Bass player, okay. Mm-hmm. This gentleman here with the hair that I'm <laughs> afraid of and jealous of all at the same time. What, what about me? Who are you? <laughs> I don't know who I am. I'm still finding out Still who finding I am. out. <laughs> Ob- obviously, me we've too. just introduced the drummer, is what we <laughs> Yeah, this, this is uh, Mr. Hudo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm the drummer. Stefan. That's is my that, story. That's... What's your name? It's it's actually Stefan. Stefan, okay. but we, yeah, like we call Stephen him Stefan. Yeah, but we call him Mister Hudo. Mister Hudo, what's that come from? Where's that from? It's, it's, my, last, it's my last name. Oh, yeah, never mind. Okay. It's not a mystery anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, this is Levi this the guitar Levi, player. The Levi guitar who? Player. Levi Roar. What? How do you spell that? R O H R. H. Okay. Why does that sound familiar? Do we know each other? Is, no, probably not. <laughs> you is it, no, is, 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 I think there's a corporation. Is it really? By that, yeah. Huh. Like, I'm picturing the logo in my head anyway. Anyway, you guys all from here in the Valley? Sort of. We are. And Stefan is vicariously through I've us. But moved yeah. through a few states, but I lived here the longest. What, what, what generated the moves? Um, the moves? Yeah. Well, when I was five, uh, my parents moved out here for... Just because my grandparents live out here. Yeah. From yeah. where? Uh, uh, the Bay Area. Oh, whereabouts? Uh, Mountain View. Mountain View. I'm mm-hmm. Hayward, born and raised. Nice. Worked in Mountain View for, in Sunnyvale, Santa, Santa Clara, San Jose for a lot of years. It's a nice area. It's a great area to be from. 
I, I can't every, we go back we've been out here my wife and I moved out here in 04 mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just the traffic I mean I, I literally start getting anxiety attacks when we hit like Livermore oh, yeah. off the five because mm-hmm. the traffic starts building and then, and then I pull over let her drive <laughs> and we go the rest of the way I just I can't take it anymore. as I get older and older and older it just it's, there's yeah. nothing much to go older <laughs> Coming from the guy who gets, we discussed it already. You already get the discount at Golden Corral, so don't don't know. <laughs> yeah, old man, coddle. <laughs> uh, did we? Why didn't we get the good parking out front? We had to park in the regular spots. You didn't bring your placard. <laughs> so you moved to Arizona at five. Yeah, you go. Five years old. Do you go back and forth a lot still, or no? Do you got family back there? Yes, I I actually have my dad's side of the family. Most of the family's out there in uh um in the Bay Area. Very nice. And yeah, so I was out there in uh in March for a for a family deal and couldn't wait to get back. Yeah. I don't I, I like coming to, I'm in Phoenix quite a bit to for interviews and stuff. But a small town. I moved from well, Hayward was small enough that we didn't get on the on the news weather maps, you know, for the evening news for the weather. They just skipped right over us because we were too small. At one hundred and fifty thousand, was Jeez. too small to make the map. And I moved to if you know the northern area from a small town in the Bay Area of one hundred and fifty thousand to Paulden, which at the time was thirty nine hundred. So that wow. was a big culture. I didn't like it at first. It took a little bit getting used to it. And now I'm in the big city of Chino Valley, 10,000. We're big. <laughs> yeah. That's a big, big that's, town That's a big difference. <laughs> so what? big family, small family, brothers, sisters, what do you got? Yes. My, my mom's side of the family is actually pretty small. Yeah. Um, just a, the immediate family. Yeah. On my, my dad's side, there's... I have a few cousins living what, out there. But you only child, or you got siblings? Uh, I have an older brother and an older sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much older? What's the uh, my brother? I, th- I believe he's twenty three, and my sister's twenty two. Oh, okay, so not too. Uh, I'm the runt. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? I'm uh, twenty. Twenty. Oh, mm-hmm. so you're all pretty pretty close. Yeah. 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 Musical family, or just you? Are you the the lone crazy I mean, musician? I tapped a lot when I was a kid, so my parents got me a drum set. Yeah. And I, I, started- I thought you meant you had the shoes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> senile old man. <laughs> Stomp, Stomp's amazing. So picked up at what age? When did you start drumming? Yeah. I mean, seriously, getting getting to where you learn drumming and not just banging pots and bands. It was fifteen or sixteen years old. Oh, okay. So you've been playing about five five or so years. Yeah. Was your first drum? Did it have a picture of a of a, a Barbara Bush on it? Uh, no, yes. that's the Quaker. The Quaker wrote the Quaker wrote today. Now, <laughs> Big time. No. That's an old. Yeah. They don't even know who Bush is. I don't know mind. who that is, but <laughs> the former president uh, uh, Bush Senior, his wife oh. looked a lot like the old white-haired man that's on the Quaker oat box. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what our drums were when we were kids. The old oatmeal boxes. Uh, so you're the only musician playing in your family, pretty much. Yeah, my, I mean, my dad played the saxophone. So uh, pro- yeah. professionally or hobby or no he he just uh you know he went his 20s i think yeah i don't know I, I maybe it was just a high school uh thing yeah but uh yeah he played he was pretty good nice i think he lost his touch though he's not into uh, it anymore and <laughs> levi how about you what about big me? family small family pretty small family yeah musical family at all or not really at all just me and my sister oh you guys are siblings yeah, yeah i did not know that power. oh okay I le- I'm learning things. <laughs> so what's the age difference between you guys? So I'm 18. I'm 15. You're 15 years old? Yes, I am. My goodness. <laughs> I, uh, okay, Dave, how long have you been playing? About three years. Wow. Uh, we were talking about this with Miss Ty, Eliz- Elizabeth. Uh, I, am, I, am, uh, I have zero musical ability whatsoever. <laughs> and I am jealous of people who can play, and it amazes me how people can and I, I know this isn't the fact, but you guys when 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 good musicians play, they make it look so easy and like there's no effort involved. And I know there's thousands and thousands of hours into practice and honing your craft, except for drummers. But uh 
when I when I watch musicians play, it's that jealousy just weird because I can't I I can barely play the radio in the car. And I messed <laughs> that up quite a bit. So you've been playing at what twelve? Yeah, that's when I joined the band. Bass is that? Mm-hmm. Wh- Why did you pick bass? What was the uh, what was? Because guitar's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> too many strings. I need four. It's four is my max. But that's the backbone. That and unfortunately the the drummer, <laughs> the wild hair. That's what it, it, from an outsider anyway. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always been told that's kind of what. That's where, what everybody else plays off of. Is your that band is as strong as your bass player. Yeah. Think of it's a band really like true. a pie. I, th- the I bass think about is like pie the crust. quite a bit. And like, Actually. so everyone like <laughs> ignores it until it's gone and then the pie falls apart. Yeah. So, how is that playing with your sister? It's good. And bad. Yeah. It's bad a lot. But it's wonderful. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's actually surprisingly good. It helps us not be at each other's throats at all. Really? We don't really have creative differences or anything. We're usually on the same wavelength. Now, traditionally, typically in bands going back through generations, guitarist, vocalist, they're the front men. They're the, they're the guys that kind of, kind of drive the band. Is that the case here? Is he the is he the egomaniac? I guess is what I'm I saying. I am He's an egocentric egomaniac. maniac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been playing? Um, I've been playing guitar about five years now. Yeah. So starting about so you've got him beat already. By the yeah. time you're 20, you will be taking over this band. <laughs> why why insomniacs? Why why did you pick that? A couple reasons. One, I've we never slept as children. Like, <laughs> we were always up. And then the other reason, which was a really just coincidental good reason is that our favorite our favorite band is green day collectively yeah. all three of us and one of our favorite albums by them is called insomniac yeah. so we're the insomniacs nice now did you do you, what's what's the breakdown of what you guys play covers originals good mix what are you doing i'd say it's majority originals now nice. but there's, there's a good mix in there did mm-hmm. you start out as kind of playing green day yep. is that what you guys yeah. were doing that's what we yeah do. It's what we still do now, sometimes. They, they broke early 90s mm-hmm. yep. before you guys were born. Yep. About five uh, years. 92 or 93. Yeah. I remember seeing them. We were talking a little bit off mic earlier. They were just kids. Didn't know who they were. Obviously, mm-hmm. they, were, they were good. But then jump forward a few years, and I'm looking through old contact sheets that, you know, what what now would be called a hard drive, I guess. <laughs> and people were telling me, "Hey, you you sh- you know the you did you shoot these guys?" I'm like, "Yeah, who's that?" I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just st- old stuff in a drawer over at that uh, club on Gilman. They were just local neighborhood rats hanging out and playing. <laughs> and then Longview came out. Wasn't that the first single, or was that the second? For Green Day, first album. So they weren't born uh, yet. I don't. <laughs> I wasn't I born was yet. The first, that was their first single, right? I would say I think Longview was the first single. Well, I don't know for a fact. Why did Green Day grab you guys? Why Why was that the seminal group for you? So guys? many reasons. Awesome. Hit a couple. All right. Yeah. Well, the main one for me is like the message that Billy Joe is always putting out in all his music. He's always talking about camaraderie and yeah. how. Like, if all of us could just get together and go to a concert and stuff, there wouldn't be all this hate and war, and we'd all forget about yeah. that together. It doesn't matter what religion, what sex you are, what what gender. I just said the same thing. What sex you are and what gender you are. But <laughs> I meant what's your sexual well, preference yeah, by the other I mean, one yeah, by that. Um, they are but, separate now. Yeah. You know, sex yeah. and gender are not the <laughs> same. It's like, it's like, that all just melts away, and there's just, like, a family within his music. And also, he's a lyrical genius. Yeah. It's just... In, in, blows my mind i always try to strive to meet what his expectations would yeah. be and i'm always like nah why do i keep why i'm like why am i even trying now you've Dude, obviously you're a great songwriter oh uh, yeah you you've, you've, <laughs> you, you've obviously <laughs> you're familiar with how he came up yeah uh what are some of his influences and and did that turn you on to going back another generation to to it it, it always it, yeah. like you said I, i'm fascinated by musicians so when i hear if if i enjoy listening to somebody i automatically want to know well who who influenced them right and then you jump back generation to generation yeah. were, were there some who who were some of the artists song uh, songwriters musicians that you discovered because of who influenced you well 
some of his biggest influences, and I didn't discover these first two yeah. because of him, but were the Beatles, obviously, yeah. The Who, and then one of them was Chuck Berry. Yeah. And actually, that is influenced by songwriting a bit, believe it or not, more so than I'd say... Go taking a step back. The Beatles obviously influence all music, so saying the yeah. Beatles did influence me is garbage because that's obviously wrong. They have, yeah. and the same with the Who. But some of our songs have a little bit of a twang to them. Yeah, and I say that's probably because of Chuck Berry, and that's who influenced Lennon and McCartney. Yeah, and you know Richard's grown up in the what they call, what yeah what they call that Dave skiffle bands. You're older than I am, so I don't remember. Kill that mic. Skiffle. I read a, uh, oh, who was the who was the drummer for the Stones? Charlie Watts. Yeah, Watt, I read a book that Watts put out, uh, and he talked about, and I had never heard that term before, skiffle bands. They were they basically playing on garbage can lids and cigar box guitars on the street corners in Liverpool and London back in the 50s, and they were playing... Chuck Berry, Elvis, and the old blues. And I had never heard that term, skiffle band, before. And it was just the the kids playing on homemade instruments, and they would play, like, the local, you know, youth hall or, you (laughs) know, 12, 13, 15-year-old kids playing these these old blues and rockabilly covers, uh, making those artists famous in London when they couldn't book the fair circuits mm-hmm. in their home country. And just that, seeing how that influence kind of just circles back around, and now it's coming up to 18-year-old kids out of Phoenix <laughs> playing where where you guys are playing. Where can folks find you on stage? Well, we try to play anywhere we can. Yeah. But uh, the main places are the Rubble Lounge in Phoenix. Yeah. We've played Tempe Marketplace a few times, nice. Westgate a couple times, Club Red, um, the Nile Underground. We haven't played the Nile Theater yet, but yeah. the Nile Underground. Not familiar with the Nile, but Rebel, I, I know they do, they do some comedy shows there as well. Do they really? Yeah, That's but there, there's a lot of lot of music coming through Rebel. You guys ever? Uh, you'd mentioned. What? I'm old. It's the Mason Jar to me still. <laughs> oh, the, the Rebel Lounge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you guys, I kind of overheard it as we were setting up. You mentioned was it uh, the Crescent? Did yeah, you bring up the Crescent? the Crescent? Okay, that's a neat little spot, man. I like it. I didn't. We didn't even realize it was the big room in the back uh, until I had been there three or four times because I've seen some some acts in the very front, in the front bar, in the food area. We haven't played the Crescent. No, yet. no, not yet. Tell me a little bit about we've we've talked to Dave a little bit about the show coming up in Prescott. You guys are going to be on stage there for that. Yes, we yes. will. August fourth. What's it called again, Dave? I have to remember. Um, concert against um, teen suicide and bullying. All right. What? Why'd you guys associate yourself with this show? For going back to the same reasons uh-huh. I was talking about Billy Joe talking about camaraderie and trying to promote a good message. You know. This is something that affects a lot of people, people that, you know, don't have anywhere else to go and stuff. And this is something that I want to be a part of and something that we all want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. We want to have, like, we love playing music, but we also want it to, like, have a message. Yeah. Like, it's like we're playing it and we love it, but what are you doing it for? It's like we we want to stand for something. Tell who you guys collaborate. Better said than me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The brains of the band. We already discussed that. And it's pretty obvious. <laughs> no. Uh, as uh, for the originals you do, is do, how do you do you collaborate as far as the writing goes? Does somebody handle the lyrics and then you jump in for the music? What's the process? I think everyone's pointing and kicking you, at yeah. me. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll I, I write the the main guitar and the vocals, yeah. and then I come up with like an outline in a sense and. And then I let them put their own twists and their own their touches on it. So I'll give Lee an outline for the bass, and then she puts in her own yeah. hammer-ons and these fills and stuff. Not fills, I mean bass lines and stuff. And <laughs> I, was, I was jumping ahead of myself. Then I give Stefan like a, a little a basic outline for the drums, and then he fills in with his own touch the fills and like the little details. Do you have, or does it change? Do you have a process for coming up with the the lyrics first, telling the story first, or do you build that around a tune that's floating around in your head? What is there? Is there a set process, or is it fluid? It's really fluid. It's the most cliche answer in the world is that it's like, oh, you know, it depends, you know, what yeah. comes to me first. But 
usually it's the lyrics for me. Usually I, I get inspired by something I hear or see yeah. or something that has happened to me previously in my life. And for some reason, something has evoked that same feeling or emotion. Yeah. And then I'll write a couple stanzas of lyrics. I'm like, wow, I, I like these. And then um, I put them aside. I don't ever like, ha- I don't ever write the music for that like specific song. Gotcha. And then sometimes I'll have a moment where I'm like, ooh, I got a cool idea in my head for a riff. And I'll go in and write the guitar riff. And then if I feel like the emotion of that fits the same emotion of lyrics, I try to put them together. And sometimes it, it can't work that way, yeah. but that's usually the process I go for. Interesting, interesting. Now, back in the olden days, we carried notebooks. What do you write on? Do you, do you write pen and paper? <laughs> yeah, just any piece of paper I can find. Gotcha. It, I have a big... Do you, you see the stack outside yeah, the door of my room? A, we I have did. this yeah. basket... Of just papers. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I'll just pull from it every now and then. Nice. Little ideas. That we, yeah. uh, years ago, but this was long before you were you guys were born, uh, I did a lot of work for stand-up comics, headshots and things, and I used to do a little stand-up in the Bay Area way back when. And we had, uh, I would come sometimes, sometimes at night, usually the next morning, and I would have cocktail napkins in different pockets and sometimes they would make sense sometimes they would work their way into bits and sometimes they were uh, i couldn't read them i didn't know what it said <laughs> but i would wake up often and this still continues i i do some fiction writing now and short stories and things and thoughts will come to me at three four in the morning and i'll wake up and I have notebooks and pens scattered around the bedroom, and then my wife cleans up and hides them, and I don't never find them again because she's organized them. I'm not, but I'll wake up and scratch down a word or a phrase, something that'll come to me. And more often than not, when I revisit it and I look at it later, I have zero idea what it meant, <laughs> and it ends up in the trash. Yeah. Um, can you now, when I'm doing something, say, for instance, for a short story or something? Mm-hmm. I will uh, – if if the idea doesn't come back to me and I've got this phrase or this word or this sentence that at four in the morning three days ago was the next great American novel and it was fully <laughs> formulated and it was the best thing ever. I look at – I have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can't go back and reuse that because it doesn't make sense to me. Are you able to take a fragment of something and – have it mean something completely different, revisit it, rework it into something that was nowhere near the original idea? Or are you able to keep that thought train going? So that exact same thing you were just talking about has happened to me a few times where I write like this one stanza there. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm so excited about this. And then like I put it aside in the pile and two weeks later I'm like, what, what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is garbage. This is not the Grammy yeah. Award winner I thought I'm it like, was. <laughs> how late was it? Like, this is, anyway, but no, usually whenever I have that moment of like inspiration, I will not go to bed until I have fully finished really? the thought because I'm like, I can't forget this. Oh, man. So, like, there's a, we just went to studio actually a few days ago and recorded our first album. And one of the songs on there is called Anthem. And that was a song that it was like 1 a.m. in the morning. It was like on New Year's Eve yeah. a couple of years ago. And I just had this idea. Some, I was watching TV or something. And I was like, whoa, stop what I'm doing. I went into where we practice. And I just sat down. And I did not leave that room until the entire song was done. Interesting. Like it was all the song was coming so fast in my head. I was afraid I wasn't gonna be able to write it down before gotcha. I forgot it. All the chords and all the lyrics came at the same time. That is much better discipline than anything that I've ever attempted <laughs> to do. I prefer to find scrap paper and then try and figure out what it meant. I never. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I have a lot of lined papers from like binders and stuff from yeah. school that have a lot of like lines on them, and I'll pull them out and they'll be like, "Is this important?" Like I don't even know what this is. <laughs> Yeah, it was important. It, it used to be. I used to be able to blame my bad handwriting on not being able to figure it out later. Well, it was three in the morning, and I scratched out. I have. I still use notebooks, but just for ease, I've been using uh, Evernote. I don't know if you guys use that. It's a. It's like on a. It's an app. Oh, okay. I got it on my phone. It's just a note taking app for different things. And uh, I have found that uh, my handwriting is almost as bad as my typing, especially when I'm using little tiny. I have gone through, and it as I'm typing it, I've read little notes, and it looked fine. And then when I look at it again, the typos aren't registering, and I it, it's gibberish. And I'm like, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm an idiot. That's come up a couple of times in these these last. I mean, interviews. I still 
type with my index fingers. So yeah. <laughs> I used to get pretty. I was a hunt and peck typer with two fingers at like forty five words a minute <laughs> back when I was with the newspapers full time. I was very fast at typing like this, but then it it was still full of typos. My son looks at my handwriting sometimes, and when, this is not not a joke. About three four years ago, I'm writing out some notes for him to take to preschool for his teacher. I guess they call him in preschool still. And uh, he looked at me because he was just learning his lettering and stuff. And he's looking at me, and he's looking at what I'm writing, and he goes, "Hey, pop." Are you sure you're right-handed? <laughs> That's how bad it was. <laughs> so what uh, you've got? You're working on a on an album now in studio. Yep. Where are you recording? So there's this practice space called Ser and Chandler. Uh-huh. It's just a place you can go rent out and practice with your band, but they're soundproof. So we're like, oh, it's a good idea. So then, um, someone named Eric Kalina. He lives in Hollywood and. He contacted us about doing some recording with us, and yeah. we're like, yeah, let's do this. So we drove out, brought all his gear with him, set up the room to make it like a studio, and nice. we hammered it out three 13-hour days in a row, and we got it all 14 songs recorded. Nice. With 16 minutes to spare. With, oh, yeah, we finished with 16 oh, yeah. minutes to spare. <laughs> the meter, the meter was routed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when's it coming out? What do you... Don't know. Are, are, you, <laughs> are, are you planning for a, a hard copy release, yeah, yeah. CDs that you can get out at shows and... Digital this year downloads for sure. and yeah. yeah. We're expecting mid to late October. And you're leaving. I am. Is that what you did? Going to college? Uh no, I'm uh so leaving with an asterisk on it. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I actually live in Colorado, but I fly back and forth. Oh my goodness. I, I have the opportunity to be able to fly back and forth a lot, so it's it's not really stowaway, something you can't talk about on air. <laughs> Wait what? <laughs> Just hide in the car luggage compartments or yeah. what? <laughs> He's carry on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, how do you, how do you work? Is it something you can talk about or no? <laughs> how do you work on flying? It's top secret. <laughs> how how am I able to fly? So yeah. Oh, my dad. He travels a lot for work. So he, oh, get, he okay. gets uh, he accu- accumulates points. God, okay. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping for some. <laughs> Nefarious illegal yeah. story that we can talk about. That would be great. That would be. I wish. That would much. That would fit much better with your uh, your hair. Next time. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tell the cool story next time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but frequent flyer miles. We'll take it as long as it lets you come back here with the rest of the trio and, exactly and perform. So we've got you uh, uh, slated for next Saturday, August fourth, to be up in Prescott playing for Dave's show entitled. Well, we are Music United, and the show is titled Concert Against Teen Suicide and Bullying. To get your message across, get some good vibes going, get people fired up about music, having a good time, keeping their heads straight. But where else can folks find you around in and around the Phoenix area? Or you got this any shows lined this up? This Friday. This will be out. So it was a great show tonight that you guys had where? Because this will go up Friday. Oh. <laughs> so the show you did we, tonight we, was ex- We're in the green room at... No, where are you guys playing? Well, we just finished up killing it. <laughs> at, shredding. At a, yeah, shredding the stage with my power cords. Um, <laughs> uh, at Club Red like, in Mesa. Club Red. I broke that, like three heads. Yeah. And crazy. That, <laughs> pretty crazy. And that, that's a place you, you frequent? Yeah, pretty often. So the, let's give Club Red a, a nice plug. You gonna play us a little something? <laughs> yep. And you're gonna play? Are you gonna play? Come on, bongos! Come on. <laughs> no, I think it'll be good. I'll just I watch. Th- this is their thing. This is a really good song. The song's called Nowhere. It's also gonna be off the new album we just recorded a few days ago. Why you love there? I see you everywhere But I don't know what to see It feels like Such a long time Since I've felt this way When now I think I'm stuck Then I feel I'm out of luck Cause now I'm on my own 
And now I think I must And it feels like I've been crossed Cause now I'm on my own Why hello there Mr. Nowhere It's nice to hit No sense of direction Just my flexion It's just you and me Right now I think I'm stuck And I feel I'm out of luck Cause now I'm on my own Wait, now I think I'm lost And it feels like I've been crossed Cause now I'm on my own Go! When now I think I'm stuck When I feel I'm out of luck Cause now I'm on my own When now I think I'm lost Then it feels like I've been crossed Cause now I'm on my own Cause now I'm on my own Cause now I'm on my own